Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? Sure. Let's go. Let's go to Atlanta, Georgia, and all of America, but it it uh, sort of okay. We are doing all in the fight for democracy, a documentary about Stacey Abrams and voter suppression uh, across the United States across history. Yes. I had not written a, an intro. <laughs> that was the that was the shocked look on my face. That was just off the dome. Just off the dome. The particulars, Aaron. Oh. All in, colon, the fight for democracy. It was released on September 9th, 2020. It was directed by Liz Garbus, who also, she's a documentary filmmaker. She also did Bobby Fischer, Against the World. There's something wrong with Aunt Diane, which I've seen. What happened, Miss Simone, which I've seen and is great. The Fourth Estate, Who Killed Garrett Phillips, which I've seen. It was on HBO. And two episodes of I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Oh, and it was, oh. uh huh, and it was also we, directed I by. I have seen that. <laughs> yes, I think you have. You didn't see who killed Garrett Phillips? That was on HBO as well. It was about the boy, and he fell out of the. No, he didn't fall out. He was like found dead, in I forget where it was, but he was like a like a little like ten or something, eight or ten, and they were saying that. It's just this mystery of who it was that did it because it's just a weird story because he was found in the apartment and stuff. I have not seen that. It was on HBO. That sounds interesting. It is. Oh, man. Whatever. What happened, Miss Simone, is about Nina Simone. It's great. I assume. I think it's on Netflix. And also, There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane was also really good. It was about the woman and she... It was something with like a car and she had bottles of booze in like her family didn't know she was an alcoholic. And Mm. yeah, I think it's on HBO and also co-directed by Lisa Cortez, who also produced Precious, the film. And she also produced The Woodsman, the film with Kevin Bacon and was the director of the remix colon hip hop X fashion. It's produced by Liz Garbus, Liz Cortez, Dan Kogan, who also produced... This dude's produced so many documentaries. He's also married to Liz Garbus. So he produced Bobby Fischer Against the World, which I want to see because... I, I mean, I'm into I'm into chess entertainment After now. The Queen's Gambit. Well, I always was, honestly. The film Searching for Bobby Fischer was one yeah. of my favorites. Um, he won an Oscar for producing the film, the documentary Icarus, which is great. That's a great documentary that takes a turn. It's about this guy. He, he's into cycling and he wants to go on like, yeah, it, I think it's on Netflix. It won an Oscar and it won an Oscar for a reason. Um, and the documentary about um, what's his face? Won't you be my neighbor? Mr. Rogers. <gasps> Mr. Rogers. Yes. And also Stacey Abrams produced it. And this is her first producing credit, but I wanted to give her her propers for her education credit. So she has a Bachelor of Arts from Spelman College, which 
my cousin and my great aunt went to. Right. I think your cousin knows Stacey Abrams. Probably. I was wondering about it. I was like, it seems like they might have been there around the Mm -hmm. same time. Um, um, And Spellman is not, I mean, Spellman is like a top-notch, hardcore university. Oh, you have to be, like, super smart to get into there. Like, they they don't just take anybody. Like, you, it's not one of those, though, like, you get accepted, like, I mean, so, I, there, there's a, like, there's some brains in our family. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why you didn't apply. <laughs> a Master of Public Affairs from the University of Texas at Austin, and a Doctor of Jurisprudence degree from Yale Law School. Holy shit, I didn't know she had a doctorate. Well, it's a doctor of Judas a doctor of jurisprudence degree. So I don't yeah. know what the the inferent the difference is. It's some, like again, I'm not smart enough to know these these things. There you go. Um it was written by Jack Youngelson, who also I think wrote Push, Owning Our Reality is where the journey begins. And Ghost of Abu Ghraib and uh, Mission Blue. And music is by Gil Talimi, who also did The Great Hack, Shavella, and Tales of Warrior. They're, they're, you guys are messing up my particulars. You're cra- they're cracking up because my dad is doing what he always does, what every male in this family does. As soon as we decide that we're recording the podcast, they just have to start making as much noise as possible. Squeaky and floors. And you trying to get steps in. I mean, I'm I said Adam out, Adam's outside sweeping, so you can't play today. <laughs> yeah. But I've not seen this man walk around the house this much. <laughs> Since the since the whole pandemic started, and that is a squeaky house. Anytime it you is hear, a squeaky floor. I'm sorry, it's my fault. But I was just they're just cracking up, and I'm one. I'm one of those people that when I see people laugh, I just start laughing, and I have no idea what we're laughing about. I'm just laughing too. Oh my god! Oh. There go the steps, and this might be over. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. uh. The music was also by Michelle Ngiocella, and she has her, her, I guess she's most famous for her mainstream success, which was um, the duet with John Mellencamp. I guess he, by that time he had dropped the cougar, the song Wild Night, and she also had the song If He Was Your Boyfriend, He Wasn't Last Night. Ooh, ouch! And she's also in the fantastic documentary that I highly recommend, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Um, and she has worked with everyone. She's worked with the Rolling Stones, the who are the Blind Boys Alabama Choir, like those people, like everyone. She's just, she's, I was like, I can't write all this down. My hand's going to cramp. So she's bona fide. Uh, director of photography, Wolfgang Held. He also shot The Fourth Estate. Robin Williams, Come Inside My Mind. And Bruno. Oh. Edited by Nancy Novak. She also did Southern Rights, 
Finding Your Roots with Lewis Gates, the Cory Booker John Lewis episode, I think. So that's crazy. And When the Levees Break, a Requiem in Four Acts, mm. starring Stacey Abrams. I mean, American Treasure. Mm-hmm. And also, and I, Savior. I really liked uh, Carol Anderson. Yeah. She's the Charles Howard Chan- Candler. I wanted to say Chandler, but Candler Professor of African American Studies at Emory University. And she got her bachelor degree and master's degree at Miami University of Ohio. Oh my goodness. Bonafide. Yeah. My sister went there. Uh-huh. And you're not supposed to say of Ohio. No, I said Miami, Miami University. was a university before Miami was a city. Yes, that's why I said Miami University, and then I had to say in Ohio. In Ohio. Similar to how you're not supposed to say North Carolina University of Chapel Hill. If you go to North Carolina, there's really only one. You right. just say North exactly. real North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like you say the Drexel University. I, I completely <laughs> made that up. Or the (laughs) Moorhead State University. That sounds like a porn university. (laughs) Not going to go, not going to tell my usual joke at this time. What, are you going to save it for not the podcast? (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, When we were there in the early 70s, it was a dry county. So Mm -hmm. Moorhead had more heads. Heads were um, people who were smoking marijuana. Oh. And it had drinking people. We had to go to the, the, um... go ahead, moving on. You have to go to the mountains to get moonshine? Yeah, the moonshiners to get our alcohol. That was scary. It was, it was a little, okay, it was a little trailer, a little rusty old trailer out in the country. Of what, of what state to really paint the picture? Kentucky. And so you'd, you'd pull up and there was a window of the trailer that was all wooded off except for just enough room to, to um, pay your money. And there was a dude with a gun pointing at you in case you were a revenuer or the government coming to get him. I only went once because it was. <laughs> You're like, I don't need alcohol. <laughs> no, I was like, you guys bring it back to me. Okay. And at that point, it was probably Boone's Farm Apple Wine. So we, um, it starts on November 6, 2018, the governor race of Georgia. Stacey Abrams was running against Brian Kemp. Oh, that was <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, and they were in a dead heat. And then Stacey Abrams goes into the history of voter suppression in the United States. Um, and she did not, when she, when the powers that be decided that Brian Kemp had won that election, she did not give a speech of concession because she said, I'm not conceding because this was um, 
there were voter irregularities here. There was a lot of voter suppression going on. So it's as old as our country. Unless we fight for the right to vote, we're going to lose our country. Um, and so anybody jump in whenever you want to. In a democracy, voters choose who represents them. But we, the way things are changing, we may not have that power anymore. We can either be responsive to those that lead us or eliminate those they have to answer to. That was a quote. Yeah, so it basically said, I mean, the way that the documentary is set up is that it sort of frames it as Stacey Abrams and it introduces you to who Stacey Abrams is and it shows all of her bona fides, which I had no idea that she spoke at the... Like the anniversary for the 30th year anniversary of the March on Washington. I oh, yeah. She was like 19. Yeah. And she spoke yeah. there and um, very eloquently. Mm -hmm, and it, it shows like um, her family, like her background. It was you had, I think, three things that you had to do. And that was go to church, go to school and do something to help other people. Exactly. And she was super smart and was the valedictorian of her high school. And every valedictorian of their high school would go and meet the governor. And so when she and her parents, they went to go meet the governor, they got off the bus because they didn't own a car. And they walked up and the security guard guy, police guy, whatever, was like, nah, you don't belong here. And he didn't even look up the name or anything. And she's like, I'm the valedictorian, you know. And then the, the dad had, like, the best line. I didn't write it down. but I did. He, <laughs> what was it? Um, keep talking. Because, you know, he was getting heated. And then you're kind of getting nervous because you're like, oh, they are in Georgia. And this is like, oh, this guy. And they do it. They use animation to recreate it as, you know, the story's being explained. And so um, the dad is, I mean, his daughter is the valedictorian and is there to meet with the governor, like all the other valedictorians. And so he, you know, this guy just made an assumption, like in the, what people do with the caste system. And so the dad was like, all right, well, you got two choices. You can either let us go in or <laughs> I think it was like, if you want to remain healthy, you will let us go in. <laughs> That's what, if you want to remain healthy, yeah. you're going to check your list. Yeah. And, yeah. and so she got in, but she doesn't even remember meeting any of her classmates. She doesn't remember meeting the governor. She doesn't remember any of that. She just remembers this guy not looking at the list just saying like no you don't belong here you don't belong here uh-huh and just just based on how they looked and just making those um that assumption and stuff and so then um and it's crazy that that's the first time that she has any interaction with the governor and then you know she goes through, she goes to her school she does all you know education all of this stuff and helping people, and she was a member of the Georgia House of Representatives for a while, and then she's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna run for governor." And 
she's just one of these people that when they do something, like they really do it. And they, you know, she had her hand in all of this, picking the people around her who she wanted to run the campaign. And so they were running a campaign. And, and then it goes back and it sort of explains about from day one in history about um, the voting and how... Voter suppression. I mean, it, how literally voter I suppression... I mean, the fact that day one, only 6% of the population was eligible to vote. Yes. All white men. 6%. Yeah. We should just go... Why don't we just go right ahead into the power of caste? Because there right. really isn't a <laughs> well, POC this, is all, this whole entire thing is about that. The whole, yeah. This whole movie is the power of caste. Because, like Tini said... In the Constitution, we the people and all of that, that was white men, property owners. And remember, property, like we think of property as owning land. You could own land and also people. These were people who owned other human beings as property. And that was 6% of the population at the time. So 6% of the people... We're, we're we the people and it's like we right we right. lone ranger like it's six percent of you six percent is you take a hundred people and you have six walk forward that's who voted so you picture a hundred people and six of y'all can vote mm-hmm. and that's going to affect the rest of, of you people and it was like that until so the constitution was ratified on June 21st 1788 and then 81 years later the 15th amendment was ratified February 26th 1869 and so 81 years later that's after the civil war had been fought that's when black men got the right to vote that's amazing to me that that they were able to pass the 15th amendment but wait a minute that didn't mean that they could really vote well they were able to vote because of reconstruction which i'll get into in my in my bad reheatables um my virginia public school education (laughs) of it's only been in, um, I guess, since like we've all had phones and we can Google things that you really find out. Like, wait, what? What was not this? So, not so fast. Yeah, I mean, like the whole reason that that was that was passed was because of Reconstruction, right? And the right. reason that it was passed was then the backlash, and that's what you know, Jim Crow laws, and it was like, oh, wait, whoa, 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 we. We got to come up with something Uh, like the whole thing. The whole voter suppression thing in America is really like a huge long uh, season arc of G.I. Joe where America like the six percent is Cobra Commander. And like when you watch (laughs) when you watch when I watch G.I. Joe as a kid and even I went back and we would watch it. Uh, like in 2010 and stuff, I would just walk, catch old episodes on. And Cobra Commander, I thought, was hilarious. He was just so over the top, everything, like, and just a buffoon and coming up with these evil plans. And then, you know, G.I. Joe would come in and spoil it. 
And now I don't think that like that orange motherfucker, to be quite frank, has ruined Cobra Commander for me. Because I'm like, this is what happens when Cobra Commander like gets actually gets the power and is actually running shit. So yeah, the whole like Jim, it's it's always like, oh okay, let's come up with this plan. And there was no GI Joe to be like, no, like GI Joe right. was on the, they were all on the same team. Right. Or when you had a GI Joe, um, uh, 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 who was the um, military officer who testified against him? Then he gets fired and vilified and okay yeah uh, yeah so we they talked about after the civil war was reconstruction and um the 13th amendment abolished slavery sort of uh, sort of there was the loophole in there that you know unless you commit a crime and then if you commit a crime you go to jail and that is the new slavery free labor and the 14th amendment um defined what citizenship is Yes, thank goodness. For, for, as the person who was not born in this country, <laughs> I can right. say, whew, glad that's on paper. But that's why we took you to immigration when we got back, so that you were certified as an American citizen. And then um, the 15th Amendment said that black men had the right to vote, but... Um, Race and color, previous servitude. Oh, that people, you couldn't be denied the right to vote because of your race, your color, or your previous servitude. But, so Reconstruction was like a fresh start. They had the power to vote. But but then the caste system goes, wait, 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 wait. We're going to have to put some uh, structures in place because we're not just going to let um, anybody vote. Well, actually, because the the dominant caste in the South was the dominant caste, but they weren't the majority. They were the minority. And so then it was this thing, well, if everybody can vote, like, are we still going to be dominant? Which is why there is still voter suppression. So then, then go ahead. Well, then you have to go 51 more years for the 19th Amendment to be ratified on August 18th, 1920. So, a hundred years ago, in the 232 years since the Constitution was ratified, (laughs) so it had been 132 years of the country before women were allowed to vote and that's crazy so 1920 your mother was born and she wasn't allowed to vote right she was born in 1911 and that was not like that was the first great protest march were the women suffragettes black women were instrumental in that but they still were left out of the narrative. Well, because black women are the subordinate of the subordinate caste in America. Exactly. And then this quote came up. Uh, the greatest moments of progress 
are followed by intense moments of re-entrenchment. Yes. Mm-hmm. 19, uh, 2016 to today. Well, I the mean, backlash. yeah, like the, I mean, the, the 2016 happened as a backlash of like 2008. Excuse me. Who's in the, what? what? Yeah. We elected who Hel- now? Hiller. <laughs> Hiller. Mm-hmm. And also in the power of caste, like this isn't the voter suppression is not limited to just the subordinate caste. It affects and I guess well, I should say there's the quote when um what was her name? Carol Anderson. Anderson. When she said there's uh how do we stop African Americans, Hispanics, Asian Americans, the young and the poor from voting? Yeah. Basically, so if you're reading between the lines, it's basically saying how do we get back to that six percent? And let the the white women in, I guess. If you, but yeah. only if you're, but you know what? Uh, only if you're old and rich. Oh yeah. Oh well. Who was the who's the guy that won? Was it uh, Lindsey Lindsey Graham Cracker? And I'll say it because uh, yeah, that, that's that's his name to me. He's Lindsey Graham Cracker. Um, did you hear that somewhere else, or did you make that up? I think Charlemagne the God thought that somebody said that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. That's who he is. He's Lindsey Graham Cracker. Because I think he was the one that said that, um, yeah, you can you can have all of your rights as long as you're a conservative. <laughs> Just like, excuse me? <laughs> so I think that if you're a woman and you're and you're you're voting in the way that they want you to vote, then you're allowed to. But if you're a woman who's not voting in that way, mm, sort mm. of like our family, you can marry whoever you want as long as they're a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> OK, it jumped back to the 30th anniversary march on Washington where um, Stacey Abrams at 19 was a junior at Spelman and she spoke and her thing was to get young people involved. Young people of voting age were the biggest group of people who did not vote, who she was trying to register to vote and get involved in the democratic process. Yeah, because you're young. Like what, what are these all these old people talking about? I don't understand. And she burned the state flag of Georgia because at the time it had it had the Confederate flag as part of it. But she got a burn permit. She did it so all legally. Yeah, she's the like, law. I'm crossing. I'm, 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 what am I allowed to like? Basically, doing it. It's that whole thing of like, okay, y'all want to be all sneaky and play y'all's little games i'll I'll, let me what is it okay i can i can do the same thing oh look i'm allowed to but she had a dot her eyes and cross her t's so that she's not breaking the law okay um because she's like i'm making a point it's a point it's a photo op a hundred years of jim crow Mm-hmm. And the South was, how do we stop black men from voting? This is called the Mississippi Plan of 1890. 
We came here to exclude the Negro. Nothing short of this is the answer. Yeah, and this isn't this isn't like in the back rooms and stuff. This is like senators and bona fide oh, yeah. people in the government. Just they're not talking they're, about they're, yeah. how are we going to slap this? So that's when they started uh, conditions at the ballot box. Okay, yeah, you got the right, but you have, you have to pay a tax, mm-hmm. a poll tax, and um, of course they didn't have the money to pay a poll tax. Because am I going to vote or am I going to feed my kids this yeah, this month? Yeah, because I'm already I'm a share. I have if I I'm have land, I'm a sharecropper. I'm already getting screwed by the you know not getting a fair shake with the prices and and all of that. Oh, now I owe for this. Now I owe for this. And now I owe for this. And and they and they did it because they knew that if they took more of their money, they wouldn't have the money for the poll tax. They would have just enough money to keep. The family who was working there, those people's lands, give them just enough money to for them to survive and pay, you know, to feed them to work the lands, but not have enough left over so they couldn't pay the poll tax. It's imagine it's just Cobra Commander going, "Mm, I love it. Mm." (laughs) But wait. okay. so some people were able to scratch that up. So now we're going to have a literacy test. That's not really a literacy test. Correct. Go ahead and and talk about that, Teeny. Oh God, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> uh, that was more like a pop quiz. Like it wasn't a literacy test. It was questions you had to answer. That I don't remember who it was. They were talking about. They had their law students right. do it, and they couldn't answer these questions. Like right. it wasn't like what's two plus two, or read this sentence out loud. It was like complicated questions about. The law and I don't know. And and there were traps in the test so that whoever took it couldn't pass it. Nobody could pass yeah. it. Yeah. But it wasn't given to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of this a similar thing now. <clears throat> like I live in California and so we always have all of these props on the ballot. And the first, like when I was young, you know, because you're just young, you know, you show up, you know who you're going to vote for president and you look and you're like, what is all of this stuff? Oh, yeah. Right. What is this? I had no way I take Mr. Joseph's sample ballot to know. Okay, Mr. Joseph is our Democratic person. Give me the sample ballot so I know what to vote for. But now, like, you know, you read these things and I read them. And I'm not I'm not an Einstein, but I'm also not uh, like a, a complete moron. You know, I'm somewhere like in the middle, um, not the greatest reading comprehension. And I have no idea what these things are talking about. Really? I'm like, really? what? And so that's oh, why yeah. like, you have to go to Ballotpedia and Voters Edge and read Which I also i did not ballotpedia is not easy to navigate yeah i have to say it, it, I, I went there and i gave i was like oh okay no i'm done i always scroll down to the bottom and look to see who paid for what like who paid for the money for and who paid for the money against because the answer to every question well, is money. Is money. So I'm like, well, yes. who wants this and who doesn't? And then I look to see like who supports it. I think that that, that there should be a, a prop on the ballot about making the props 
make sense. Readable. Yeah. Like readable yeah. so that you know. Decipherable. Okay, it's doing this and not this like legal ease where I need to like. Basically, what you say that to say this, it's still going on in right. just a different way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And now it's it's even more because the props are like that, that most people get their basis of what's for and what's against based on advertising. And the advertising is going to if you're if you want something and you want to convince somebody of how to do it, you're going to use the advertising techniques, the same techniques to get people to buy stuff. You're going to use those techniques to sell your point of view. So you're going to do these outlandish, crazy claims of like, if you vote this way, oh, they're going to shut down dialysis centers. And you're like, but then you go and read it and you're like, but they just want to make sure that there's a licensed doctor on there. What? And like, it's just bombarding you with like, oh, I know somebody who has dialysis. They're going to close all the places if I vote for this. What? People are allowed to lie now. Well, then they had the black codes come in, which were um, just ridiculous reasons why black people were arrested for felonies, like loitering, like you're waiting for your wife to come out of the bakery. You can be arrested because you're just loitering there. No, but that's, uh, I mean, what, what, is that 2020? <laughs> is that now? <laughs> that's true. Oh. Well, this is 1868. Florida passed the first felony disenfranchisement law, which meant anybody with a felony conviction could not vote. So that kind of neutralized the 15th Amendment because of the black codes and the ridiculous things people were arrested for so that you could have free labor again, slavery. And um, after Reconstruction, African-Americans, 67% of African-Americans were registered to vote. But in the 60s, in the South, 3% of African-Americans were registered to vote. It worked out just the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we had Desmond Mead. Desmond Mead. Uh, he was. He is a returning citizen. A returning citizen is someone who did serve his time in jail for a felony, came out and still wants to be a responsible citizen. And so um, in October uh, 2014... There was a ballot initiative. He was saying, when your debt is paid, it's paid. Yeah, so, I had no idea. I, you know, I had no idea. I figured if you went to jail, you weren't mm-hmm. allowed to vote, and then you come out of jail, you know, you serve, you do your time. Maybe you do your probation. I don't know. I don't know. But I felt like once your probation was done and you're just back out there, like, yeah, you're allowed to vote. And it's like, no. You no. like you just lost it forever, ever, forever. Um, I knew that because one of Poppy's bandmates had a felony conviction and couldn't vote. And I mean, he, he's an upstanding citizen, Did someone whose change, voice you, needs to be heard. Well, I thought. Oh, that, what are the other two states? Because I know it's Florida, and there were two other ones that you couldn't. Pretty sure Georgia was in there, probably because Florida alone. It was 1.4 million people. Right. Yeah. Oh, Iowa and Kentucky were the other ones. Yeah, Kentucky. Kentucky. Poppy's friend. Yeah. 
That would be Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's wild, too, because, you know, these places, prisons, the name of them, aren't they called, most of them called correctional facilities? Oh, so the, yes. the I, yes. I mean, we know what the real intention is, but, like, the name on it was, like, correction and rehabilitation. So you go there, you get re- rehabilitated and put back into society. I know that that's not how it works, but that's how, like, the like how it should work and how it's well, presented. Well, they sell it. Yeah, it's how it's presented to a certain section of society of, like, look. And so then, oh, like, you've been rehabilitated, you're out there, and it's like, oh, but you're not allowed to vote because you made that mistake. Like that, that was wild to me. Yeah. Then the documentary went into the 1915 film Birth of a Nation, which is always an uplifting part of anything we're doing. Um, and it showed all blacks are given a ballot while the leading whites were disenfranchised. So, again, it was all lies. And it was um, all like <laughs> the, the subtle of it is, yo, they're going to do to us what we did to them unless we put the kibosh on it. Exactly. Because it's like, no, not everyone's evil like you, Cobra Commander. (laughs) Because uh, it's based on the novel, The Klansman, and it pretty much says the KKK saved the South. Yes. Because there was a total purge of black participation in voting because 4,000 Americans were lynched for voting mm-hmm. um we had marco snipes was a world war ii veteran he went and fought fascism uh, um, maceo are you talking about maceo oh i'm sorry maceo it is maceo snipes um he came back in like after world war ii um he wanted some democracy for himself, and he was determined to vote. Well, I mean, he was over fighting against Nazis, against people who were rounding up people and putting them to die. He was fighting against that, against the fascism. And then and the Nazis would, you know, they'd have their pamphlets saying, hey, black man, why are you fighting us? You you look at the rights you have back in America. They don't care about you. Won't, won't you put your gun down and, and, you know, hey. And so he's fighting there, you know. Oh, man, really feeling American. Comes back home. I have just fought. Put I saw my buddies die. Look at me. I'm going to vote because I believe in America and we the people and everything it stands for. Ooh. And... <laughs> Um, I, and you know what? The, those were probably the, some of the same people who also fought in World War II against the Nazis. Like right. the people who were doing, like lynching other people. Right. Are ones who were over fighting against the Nazis. And right. I always, I'm like, it's like lately I'm, I'm kind of like, did they ever think, oh, wait, why am I fighting against the Nazis? I kind of, I kind of dig what this guy's saying. Is it, but that goes into the whole team mentality because that was yeah. Nazi team and I'm team America. But if you really look down at the ideology, then, then you're on team America. You're fighting the Nazis. You come home and you're just going around lynching black people. Be- because, again, um, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. The reaction is I'm back here. And so, yeah, uh, it's it's the caste system and I want to be on top. 
Okay, there was Talmadge. Who was Talmadge? He was a, a white dude in the South. I don't know if it was Georgia or Mississippi. He said, keep, America, keep Negroes where they belong. The first person to vote, it'll be the last thing you do. And it was. So Maceo was the only person that voted in his county, the only black person that voted in his county, because in that county, like Ma said, you can go to the polls if you want to, but that's going to be the last thing that you do. And a lot of people are like, then why? No, fuck that. I'm not going to go to the polls. Like This country hates me anyway. Why am I going to go die to go do this? Whatever. They can fuck off. Exactly. And he, he met a firing squad. Because the the message was, you vote, you die. Well, he voted. Then he was, like, very nervous. A couple of days passed. A couple, couple of days, of days it was like, okay. So we were like, okay. oh, man, look at that. I, I made it. And then he gets a knock at the door. It's a white, one white man. And Maceo's probably size him up. Probably a scrawny little dude. And Maceo was like, I, okay, I got this. Goes out. And once he gets out on the porch, sees, like, five others. And they just light them up with guns, shoot them, just dead. And yeah. so what is the point if you're Maceo's neighbor? Guess I'm yeah. not going to vote. Exactly. Okay, the, um, that led to the civil rights movement. Um, and it was people who registered to vote. The next day they were fired from their jobs. Then we get to Selma. Uh, refusing to let black people register to vote. And Martin Luther King spoke. Um, That was the Selma March in 1965 with John Lewis, where they were going to cross the um, Edmund Pettus Bridge. Mm -hmm. And um, the cameras were rolling. And that, the cameras rolling, the news showing the backlash of people just having a peaceful vote and what happened to them um, was very similar to what ended the Vietnam war when it came into your living room and you couldn't, and you saw it on the nightly news and you were going, these people just wanted to register to vote and they're getting fire hosed and beaten with billy clubs and stampeded. Um, Martin Luther King and Andrew Young went to LBJ who had just passed a civil rights um, act. And they said, okay, we need a civil rights act on voter voting. And he said, I don't have the power. I was like, guys, I just did the civil rights. I, like, I'm from <laughs> Texas. Well, well, come on, man. Like, whoa. I'm trying to, I'm trying, there's a, I'm doing a war on poverty. Like, I got, I got a lot of things going also, you might not know, but like it's it's just it's, I got a war going on over here that, that that is escalating out of control over Vietnam. It's just a wild, very stressful time. I hooked you up with the Civil Rights Act. Now you want more? Oh, I I I I need I I can't I just get don't it have through. The power. I, I don't have the power. He, uh, they said he said it like six times. I just don't have the power. So they left the office and Andrew Young said to Martin Luther King, what are we going to do? And Martin Luther King said, we're going to give him the power. Um, every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. Um, and so in March 15th, 
1965, uh, Johnson was able to pass the Voting Rights Act. It's crazy. Every one movie we had done before, but I went out about like the the past, like the acts and how they would bring it up and it would get passed and how quickly like the government kind of moved. Yeah. It was yeah. nuts. So are we... That that was 40 minutes, and so now we're just able to talk about whatever you want to talk about with the rest of the um, documentary. Okay. One thing that really stood out to me was, and I knew it because I, uh, the backlash. After something really progressive happens, there's a huge backlash. I remember the prime minister of, I'm going to say New Zealand. There was a female elected prime minister and everybody was like, oh, wow, we're so progressive. This is great. And when she left office, everything went backwards. Well, I mean, there were no it's not women. New Zealand because she is still in power and okay. everyone seems to really like her. OK, I'm not sure where it was, but there was a backlash against women after she was prime minister for a while mm-hmm. that was a while ago that i read that it could have been india maybe because i think they had one. Oh, they've had they've had several female prime ministers all right well we're i mean i mean people you got a google machine in front of you so should we go to nerd alerts we can do that yeah. all right so this movie came out in 2020 and what a long, long year it's been. Oh, my God. Uh, Kobe died. That just kind of set the tone for 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. On I, my I birthday. Yeah, I think that people forget that. Um, the country went into a lockdown in March, yeah. March 13th. When um, Kobe died, that was the last time I, I was face-to-face with Teeny and Adam. Yep. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd were all murdered, and many more since then. Uh, are we at two hundred and fifty thousand Americans dead yet? I think so. I mean, we're, we're at two thirty-eight. Yeah, so that's coming. But we're close to it. Um, let's see. Oh, Tiger King came out. That was a thing. That was oh a positive God. thing. Yeah, you got Tiger <laughs> King. And and then, um, you know, the people who ex- have experience, that have the most experience navigating this befuddling caste system that we have are the ones who were leading the charge. I'm looking at you, Stacey Abrams. And we're able to like save us i guess for lack of a better term um and then like just to go on my whole gi joe thing i decided that they should do a reboot of gi joe except the it should be like black like women of color and then like really pretty much all women but like the white woman would be the communications like she wouldn't be like duke and gi joe you know like that would, but like would be a part of it would be a whole coalition you know, the, the communications expert, maybe. Um, and then have, like, you know, Duke be, like, a Harriet Tubman type of badass. And I just think that that, that would be cool. Because that's how it really is. I'm like, these people... Uh, um, okay, so here's the thing. Who 
who was Edmund Pettus? And why does he have this bridge named after him? All of this time, it was. Do you guys know who he is? Did you no. look it up? Yeah, I did. Because this okay. is this is the famous bridge in Selma that you were talking about. So Edmund Pettus, he was born in 1821, and he died in 1907. And the bridge was the Edmund Pettus Bridge was dedicated in May 1940. And it is a bridge that goes over the Alabama River, which I had no idea that there was an Alabama River. I didn't either. And it sparked a whole bunch of, I went down such a rabbit hole on this because I was like, the Alabama River, they must have a like inferiority complex against the mighty Mississippi. Cause I, and then I was thinking about my, my personal United States river power rankings and just to go through them real quickly, Mississippi is number one. I think I put Colorado at number two oh, just because okay. it made it made the Grand Canyon. That's damn impressive to me. Um, at three, this was before I did some research later. Three, I think I did have the Missouri River because I knew that that was a that was a thing. And then. At four and five, it was a tie, but it was a biased tie of the Ohio River and the Potomac River, or mm-hmm. as somebody reading it, not from the DMV might call it, the Potomac. So <laughs> those were those were my power rankings. Um, I was like that because every time I saw the Edmund Pettus Bridge, I honestly thought that it was just a glorified overpass. I had no idea that there was that it was a river. Right now, I'm completely throwing shade at the Alabama River. I'm putting it in the tier with the Los Angeles River, just in my Mm -hmm. mind. And I think you all agree when I finish telling you about Edmund Pettus. So he was a United. He was a lawyer. He was a U.S. senator. He was a Confederate general. Oh, great. And he was a grand dragon in the Ku Klux Klan. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. And around the time, and like he, he wasn't, he wasn't just like, like, we've, we've heard the news lately, like, oh, yeah, Alexander Hamilton, he did own slaves, but he also was a part of abolitionist causes, and so, you know, that whole thing, and wrestling with this. No. He is not that. Edmund Pettus is not that guy. Edmund Pettus is the white supremacist fuckboy. Like, wow. he, he is a despicable human being, and he, because you have to think of it, when he was alive, again, his, his life spanned in 1821, 19, 1907, in the late 18th century, Alabama led the nation in lynchings, and, and they didn't name this bridge in 1907, they named it for him in 1940. Wow. <sighs> Have they since renamed it? No, it's the, when John okay, Lewis died, they put him on the, his, they, they took it and they're like, one last time over the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Yeah. And I'm like, Edmund Pettus is a fuck boy. So, 
I Let's didn't rename know that. it the John Lewis Bridge. I think that's that there, I think that there's probably a significant push. Yeah, there's for gotta that. be somebody out there working on that right now. I, well, I would think Stacy might be one of them. She's like, hold on, I need to continue to fight she's the same like, democracy. Like, late right now. She don't, does, but don't, you know don't, what? I don't even, and I don't even live there, so <laughs> I think she could handle it. Um, okay, so reheatables. Oh, are we going to the bad reheatables first? Okay. Well, that's. Oh. I didn't. I didn't do this. Um, it's different oh when my. we're doing it. I didn't. When it's a, a when it's a oh wow a documentary <laughs> plus my words um, yeah, so I didn't do I it. Agree. I started and I only wrote three, but like I guess well, I'll just read what I wrote. I mean, it's like it's history. It's I wrote the poll tax of eighteen seventy. I think I probably started and then I was like, this, this is be an the entire whole movie. It's yeah. an entire documentary. Yeah. Felony disenfranchisement, Cold yeah. War, only 3% of black eligible voters are registered to vote. Not a fault of their own. I Yeah, and then I stopped. There was just too many bad reheatables, which is Agreed. how we are where we are now. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, I got into these bad reheatables because they. I started thinking. This documentary made it's, me think. So... It's- when Aaron thinks, buckle your seatbelt. Oh, don't worry. There's going to be some controversy later. Uh, first battery heatable is I took AP. So allegedly this was supposed to be a college level class in 11th grade, AP U.S. history. Um, Where I was told... And this was by like a short little, like very pleasant Jewish woman. So I'm, I'm. It's, it was probably just the curriculum. She had to follow the yeah, curriculum. I'm getting, it had to, because the whole lead up to the Civil War felt like it was three weeks, where it was like, okay, yeah, there was like slavery, but the real thing that the Civil War was about was about states' rights. So that was drilled into my head. Then. The Civil War ends, Lincoln's assassinated, the Civil War ends, and we go to Reconstruction, and we spent a sentence on Reconstruction. And, like, the sentence, I left thinking, like, oh, yeah, Reconstruction. And I I vividly remember the picture in my mind. It was, like, a drawing, and it was, like, you know, the the guy in, like, the the southern hat, you know, like, the, the wide brow. I think it was probably, like, a white guy in the wide brow, and there was just like they, where a street had been. And this was a drawing. And it was just rubble. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, reconstruction. They're just rebuilding. Like, you know, you think of like Germany after World War II. It's rubble. It's like people, wheelbarrows with rocks and stuff. I had no idea that, no, reconstruction was about like the North went in and was making sure that the South wasn't killing black people, that Grant, General Grant, was going and fighting, actually fighting against the KKK, because he knew that they were uh, a danger to the democracy. 
was doing all that. That the black people were elected to governors. That they were in all sorts of well, black people, like yeah, black men. I did not know that. Yeah, I black men either. were senators. They were governors. They were in the House of Representatives. They were just like doing it up. Had no idea that that's really what Reconstruction was. Right, yeah, because me to me, Reconstruction was if you watch Gone with the Wind. The Civil War is over. Reconstruction meant the carpetbaggers coming in and taking advantage of everything. That's what I thought Reconstruction was. A negative thing. I had no idea. You had no idea that the carpetbaggers were really just the black people who this was their land. And they were like, oh, now the carpetbaggers were from the north. No, I know that. Yeah, Yeah. that's what they said. But because that's what they they said. Oh, these northern people. But. Yeah, it, it's it's wild that, that is just crazy. that they that that how much that that isn't taught. But it's not surprising because it gets into the whole like the, the what the North Carolina lie, the Tulsa massacre, like all of these things. Like you know, Black Wall Street, where it was like yeah, because people were like they were doing it up. They were it was America. Like we fought a civil war to put America back together, and we we put America back together. Which brings me to my second bad reheatable. It was one America. vote. <laughs> well, yeah, America. <laughs> well, no, that, they, they, that's coming. Don't worry. Oh, okay. It was a single vote to end Reconstruction. That's, yes. Like in the government, I don't know if it was the House or the Senate, but it was one single vote. And they were like, yeah, Reconstruction's done. And, yeah. and with that, took the northern troops, took the people who were like, hey, clan, get, get the fuck out of here. You can't do that. You're arrested. You can't be intimidating black people. You're arrested. They're allowed to vote, you know, keeping everything copacetic, basically being peacekeepers. And, and think about this. I was born in Germany. Why were we? Why was I born in Germany? Because the United States had bases in Germany just to make sure like all right so, and that's in 1980 that's like what 35 years after the end of world war ii and then what it's been four four five years now reconstruction's over done maybe okay maybe 10 i don't know I'm not a historian um we already said that this battery heatable to this day, the signature matching, I made damn sure I read it on my ballot because in California, it was super easy. They did a fantastic job. But I did look and make sh- like you had to sign it and they said it needs to match your voter registration card. And I'm like, I don't have that. What? Or your driver's license. So I took out my driver's license and um, I, I studied. I practiced. Even though it's like I have not changed my signature, but I didn't want anything. And I'm in California. So that was just, oh, man. Yeah. And how many people, I don't know what it was, if if somebody told me or I just knew. But I think that I got to be about like 21. And it was just like, well, that's your signature. Like, (laughs) you can't change it now. That's what it is. Not anything reminiscent of what it was when I was 18. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, not 18. But, yeah. Oof. I actually do have a negative reheatable. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know where else it fits. Okay. That's good. And I wrote, 
Georgia elections. <laughs> there you uh, go. The Georgia <laughs> elections of 2018, 16, yeah. like all of them basically. Like 20, year. 2020. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah, Georgia. but it's not done. Well, yeah. No, it's not. But, you know. Um, Shenanigans are a So Rory, my best friend, lives right outside of Atlanta. And so she was, I texted her. She's gotten to see Stacey Abrams speak a couple of times. <gasps> she, she went to the debate one year, one of the debates, and Brian Kemp didn't show up. So Stacey Abrams just spoke to the crowd. Oh. And she's gotten to see her speak a couple of times, and so she's amazing. But, um, but she just texted me a picture right before we got on, and her new T-shirt came in the mail, just Stacey Abrams, like, silhouette. But... <laughs> So I asked her about like, you know, her thoughts and everything. And she's been very involved. She was helping to like do uh, phone blast, like call people to help cure their ballots just last week. Um, wow. And she sent me a bunch of articles about like, you know, just voter suppression in Georgia. And I mean, she, I, and I only knew about that because she, she did early voting in June, I believe, and she had to wait in line for two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives down the street from where Stacey Abrams went to high school. Oh, she was the um, ballot Victorian. Yep. Um, and then she got the day before. The presidential election of 2020, she got a letter in the mail notifying her that her polling place had changed. Yep. The Literally the day before. Yep. And like, had she not checked her mail or, I mean, yep. I throw away everything that's in my And she had already voted, so it didn't really matter. But like, what if she hadn't? Right. So anyway, she sent me a bunch of articles and I was reading some of the things from them. And um, just about the history of voter suppression in Georgia. And there's like a bunch of things that make you ineligible to vote. Um, And I did not know Georgia has one of the earliest deadlines to register to vote. You have to register to vote 29 days before the election or be registered to vote. Um, And in 2018, 87,000 Georgians were barred from voting because they registered after the deadline. And like, you think about registering to vote. If you're like on the fence or you haven't really been paying attention, like a lot of people, especially young people also, or people that aren't constantly watching the news or something like that. When I was, I was 18, 20, I was 20, I think for in 2008 and I didn't give a shit about politics. Like I mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention to the news every day. Like if you decided a week before, like, oh shit, maybe this is important after it started being blasted on all of your platforms, maybe it is important that I vote. It would have been too late in a lot of places to register. Um, so I started reading about registration deadlines and all these people try to say that they help make elections more secure. And when voting was first 
made however long many years ago that was you did have to vote, register to vote in advance so they could prove you were like an actual person mm-hmm. and all this this that, and the other but they like probably, that's just not necessary anymore they probably had to prove that you own property and were a white man <laughs> yeah you had to prove you're a white man which you kind of i guess that's still the point um but they don't make them any more secure they, all they do is prevent people from voting particularly those who don't follow politics Um, And of the states with the lowest or with the longest, earliest deadline, sorry, they have the lowest voter turnouts of Mm -hmm. the whole country. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's like talking about in Georgia, you have to be registered in your specific county that you live in. Um, But Georgia alone has 159 counties and Atlanta has 10 different counties in itself. So like if wow. you just move down the street, sometimes that changes which county you're in. So right. like there were people who had been registered to vote forever and then they like moved down the street and they go to their polling places. They did talk to this one woman. She'd waited in line for like five hours mm-hmm. to get to the polling place for them to say, you're not registered in this county because she had moved. It was too late for her to go to any other polling place. They gave her a provisional ballot. And then she was like, I was watching the news and something came up about making sure your provisional ballot was counted. And then it turns out hers was not counted. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just and- wild because there are some states where you they automatically, uh, there's automatic enroll, like they just automatically register you to vote. You're just, like, I think you turn 18 or yeah. something and they mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. do it. And even if you want, like it should be, it's a voting. It should be a thing where you, you can, the same, the day of election day, you're here, right. you can vote. And that's why there's computers now. now. I mean, and voting at your polling place or like registering there, it's like, You'd think that would be the best way to do it because then you have people who are at the polling places or working at the polls, like they're registering you to vote. And that was my thing is like, I'm afraid to register. Like there's so many resources now where you can register to vote that there's got to be some fake ones. I'm sure there's some scam ones out there that are like, here, register to vote. I mean, we did it at the, I've always done it at the DMV, but They have it in California when you change your address then it's like, oh, should we inform? It's like a, a box to check off of, like, should we? Yeah, when our licenses are Yeah, and the thing with, too. like, polling places, my polling place always just changes in California. So I've gotten into the habit of they send the the ballot to me, the sample ballot. They send so much stuff to me, but they, they always has on the back where my polling place is, and the place where I'm at now Man, for a couple of years there, it was fantastic because my polling place was literally, and I'm using that term correctly, literally next door. Uh However, I live in a street that is a cul-de-sac, and I knew that while this was fantastic personally for me and I could just walk over. There's no parking. None. It was the worst polling spot. And I, I, and so I would always check because I'm like, they have to, they have to change it. It has to be changed. And a couple. There's not even street parking when we come see you. There is no parking. Middle of the day. No parking. It was horrible, horrible situation. But now with the the how they've done it with the the mail in and it 
it was so supremely easy. The because I used to be one of those people. I'm gonna vote on election day, and it took the yeah. pandemic for me to be like, why? Like California, they have the you can vote. At, like it, the, it just matters that you vote. You can just go right. in and vote. They had it on the weekends. They had it on all these places. So let me get to my 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 worst reheatable. And this is going to be controversial for some people. It's going to be triggering for some people, as it was for myself. So let me just preface this by saying that I, too, that there was a point where I would have been like, what? What are you talking? No, you can't. Why? Why would you? But I've done some thinking about it. And that is the Constitution. Whoa. Why can't oh, yeah. we rewrite it? Yeah, I literally was having this conversation. I literally was having this conversation <laughs> the other day. Why do, why, why is it okay. something? Because I understand. Okay, first of all, I know that there's probably not an insignificant size of Americans who might believe that it was written by Jesus. So that is just problematic Ooh. in and of itself. But that's another issue. It wasn't. It was not. So it got me thinking. Okay, guys, you've listened to this podcast. You know to just settle in for this. The Magna Carta. It came out in 1215. And it was basically saying that the king wasn't above the law. Only four of the 63 clauses are still valid today. And that came out in 1215. All right. The United States Constitution was ratified in 1788. It was written in that time for those people, a.k.a. the 6% of of, of white men. And it was written in the language for them. Of them, you know? So I wanted to know, well, what what famous novels are still around from 1788? The only novel that I recognized, and it wasn't even a novel, but it's Immanuel Kant and the Critique of Pure Reason. So it's a philosophy book. And I know Kant from the famous quote in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, you can't always get what you want which always cracks me up. So how many people have read Kant? I know that I did in college. Don't remember any of it. Can't, can't tell you a lick of it. But I do know that it is, gets mentioned in The Good Place. And how many people have seen The Good Place? A lot. A lot. I have. And they, were mentioned, they mentioned all these philosophers, and Kant is a philosopher that they mentioned in The Good Place, which was something that they were explaining his philosophy to in the terms of we the people today. How many people can tell you what happens in Hamlet today? Like people, there are people who've read Hamlet. They understand Hamlet, and they can tell you, right? Very limited, very limited. How many people know what happens in The Lion King? A lot of people. Because of the cartoon. Which is actually the history of the country Ghana. Go ahead. Which 
is oh, also... Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, the history of the country, Mali. And it's Hamlet. Like, the Lion King is Hamlet. Done in these times. Instead of, like, Denmark, it would be... Mo- like, it has different, like, true, right, it's right, that. Right. But it's also, it, it's Hamlet rewritten here. You know? It's like poetry today. It's hip-hop. You know, rhymes, slam poetry, words. The, think about what was in 1788 written to people to make them understand. A lot of people couldn't read or whatever. And the language... And then you think about the language used today. And then right. in another 232 years, if we were to rewrite the Constitution, and I'm not saying like, oh, we just like burn it. No, because we're not burning Hamlet. Hamlet still exists. It's not saying that it's not good and it's not a document. It's just saying that this was this was what what they did. And they always said it because they add amendments to it. So it's not like they were right. like, this is set in stone. That's it nothing can be added it was like it's a living breathing document if it's a living breathing document documents need a rewrite it can be edited it can be like we can rewrite it and put it into the language which is of our time now yeah exactly Mm -hmm. put it in a google doc because in another 232 years oh knock on wood god willing and the creek don't rise but it will need a rewrite in 232 years. Mm-hmm. The stuff mm-hmm. that, that we're talking about now, how much of that is going to be, it's going to, it will have been, somebody that's scholarly will have gone, what were they saying in 2020? Okay. And then they'll rewrite it and say, here, this is what. I mean, that's what classes all are that teach Shakespeare. You're basically doing a translation of, this is what Shakespeare was saying. This is what, it, how we would say it now. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I understand it. it, it we, we still have it. It's still there. It's still the framework. Translate it. Good. Add it in. All people. When we mean all people, we mean all people. Even yeah. the Native Americans. I do have a negative reheatable. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Okay. Why does the voting acts right have to be renewed every seven years why isn't it just because there was probably i don't know this is this is me pulling something out of my ass it was probably the only way that lyndon johnson could get it passed was that it would be up every so every few years it would have to go through yeah what sense does that make it's cast though because because of, of what happened because at some point they were gonna because look that's honestly the blueprint of how we got the Civil Rights Amendment, the Voting Rights Act, Brown versus yeah, the Board true. of Education. Yeah. All of that went through the courts and it was through the courts and people looked at it and it was like, oh, all right, that's how y'all are playing. I see. All right. Well, here's our strategy for taking that back. And that's what happens. I mean, honestly, a battery heatable, Teeny said it, America, I'll, I'll be specific and say America's democracy. I live in California. I have two senators. Bill Maher always says it all the time. There are four senators representing North and South Dakota. They have right. four senators. I live in California. I have two. Right. Like, if you look at the breakdown of the senators and the population of the people that they represent, 
based on the population of people, it's not a true democracy. You have people who live in D.C. How many senators do they have? Zero. So that's taxation without representation, which yes, it is. I mean, the way that I was taught was the reason that we declared our freedom from England might have also had something to do with that England was going to abolish slavery, but that's not something they teach. (laughs) Ouch. I have one last negative. That's the last one. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that I started talking about with somebody. It just, it came from a Facebook argument that I lurked. (laughs) Why are State-issued IDs free. Yeah. Like, mm. you should be able to get a free state-issued identification card no matter what state you live in. Right. Across no matter what your financial circumstances. Because I thought... When, when I went to get my driver's license, it was $65. Yeah. Hmm? Even so, was that with the um, the new, like yeah. instead of having to carry a passport as well? Yeah, but everybody's going to need that next year, right? But right. Only people who, but there are people who they don't need a state issued ID, and that's what. And it's like sixty five dollars for what? I don't travel, I don't drive. Right. Like there are are people who they they don't need those things, and that. That's a, a shame on me because when I was hearing about these voter ID laws, to, I was raised in, in our house. We would get in trouble if we left the house without a government yes, ID. Same. Like, but I didn't realize how it's a privilege to have it. And some people can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just thought because I've had an, a form of identification since I was 11 years old. The gov- mm-hmm. the United States Army, once you turn 11, gives you an ID card. So I've had an and ID. Apparently, a non-official Social Security card. <laughs> and apparently. Oh, yeah. and apparently <laughs> that you have to turn in that doesn't have your mother's signature on it in order to get a real ID at some point in your life. But they don't tell you that. Wow, and that's the child that was born in America. Imagine yeah. the hoops I had to cross. And who has every single one of his papers organized and together and goes and he doesn't have the right social security card. I was like, how is that different? Who knew there was more than one kind of social security card? And I, I just never remember if I that. pulled mine, mine out and I'm like, mine doesn't have my mom's signature on it. What? Mine does? It's because, yeah, you probably need, you need, you're supposed to exchange it for a real one. Not the paper your mom's one? signature on it. What? Yeah, like when you turn to be an adult, you're supposed to get your own (laughs) security card, apparently. Who knew, though? Where is that written? No, I never heard of that, but my mom was like, well, it's probably, and I don't know. I didn't read any of this for sure. My mom was probably because they had army-issued ones because you had to have them to get access to certain things. Right. And then I didn't need one until I needed one, you know, so I just went to the regular... I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I got my scripts. I have no recollection of me signing it, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how old I am. Yeah. 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 We tried, Adam tried to get his real ID, and he brought a social security card, and they were like, this isn't 
a real social or like this is a you need like a new a real one it's not a valid one it's not valid yet now that you're an adult man and you're not under your mother's care anymore that's crazy. How did I get my real ID? I had like all of my. Maybe I had, did. He take a passport. I took a passport, so I don't. I had all of that though. And they they were like, okay, right this way. But see, that's, that's another way to to suppress yeah, the vote. Right. Yes, which another- brings me to my. I'll they'll get into that in my LVP. Well, and then also, like, yeah, there are people, because they bring it up with the birth certificate of how they didn't have, like, yeah, yeah, there were black people and they wouldn't give, think about it, if you need a, they like, oh, a way to to keep the cast going, here's, no, this person doesn't need a birth certificate, there doesn't need to be any sort of, they don't count, yeah, whatever, so, they're three-fifths of a person, yeah, 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 just, just, and what are you you gonna do, like, stand there with your baby and, like, I'm not leaving until you give me a birth certificate, (laughs) and, like, it's birth certificates, they, it's a certificate of paper back in those, like, now, thankfully, things can go in the cloud, but, you know, I'm sorry when the clan burned down my house, my birth certificate was in it. What do you want me to do? Right. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize that that how that's a privilege, like an ID was a privilege because I, I didn't have a I didn't have a problem. If you if somebody had put a camera in front of me and said, what do you think about voter ID laws? I would have been ignorant and been like, yeah, that's fine. Everybody ha- should have an ID. And then when you get more information and you mm-hmm. look at uh empathy and you look well, at and it. I think most people are in favor of voter ID laws but you have to be able to get an ID yeah it has to be equal opportunity for and, everybody to have that and you bit. said it's 65 dollars that makes it a poll tax or what yes, exactly or accept different forms of ID exactly well I'll tell you that when the first time that I went to, to vote in California you know, because of how I'm raised and stuff, I just walked up to the table and gave them my ID. And the woman was so offended that I gave her, that I gave her. She was like, put that away. Put that away. You do not need that. And I was like, okay. I thought, sorry, sorry, my bad. I mean, I guess she was about that life. Like, like looking back on it, I'm, I'm kind of happy that she was so offended that I thought that I needed an ID. California. Like, okay. But even Stacey Abrams, when she went to vote for herself for governor, she, her stuff was messed up. Mm -hmm. She had to jump through hoops. And even Brian Kemp. I remember Brian Kemp. Yeah. Yeah. Had to jump through hoops. And she, and they knew that they needed to press the issue. They didn't just walk away. When I was talking, I texted Rory and I was like, oh, Adam and I just went to vote. She was like, oh, my God, on a Sunday. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, wow, must be nice not to live in the Bible Belt. And then I was like, oh, like, what if you work? Mm-hmm. Yes, a job where your only day off is Sunday. Well, that's or- the problem with the election. It's on a Tuesday. And how like that's a working day. And yes. other countries that are democracies, it's a holiday. So it's and remember why that's a teacher work day in Virginia, at least it used to be. Yeah, it was always a conference day. Yeah. Day we could have conferences. But because we voted in the schools, which before COVID, 
I thought was a safety issue. Kids are in schools. All these strangers are in schools. Stranger danger. Talk about an easy way to abduct a child. Say you're going into the kids weren't there. Uh, Sometimes they were they weren't there for presidential elections, but they were there for midterms. Weird. Yeah. Which was always weird. And now with COVID, they weren't allowed in the buildings except to go right into the cafeteria to vote. But I just have to say, remember, like, I remember doing the little kid voting where they, I don't know what the hell you, they had you vote, break right, right down. What were we voting for? But um, we were, when we went to vote, there was like a mom and her like three little kids walking out. And this little girl was just like, oh, my God, that was so cool. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Which it was because we didn't have to wait. So I remember, I think, what grade was I in for the election of Kennedy and That was 1960. So, um, we, I, mean, I don't, math. I can't, don't ask me to do the math, but. Well, he was killed in 63. So I just do the math and I'm like, it's no, 60. It, I know, but I can't do the math of what grade it was. So anyway. You were probably in third grade. Yes, it was third grade because all of my friends were for Nixon. And so I voted for Nixon. And I was so glad that that happened to me in third grade. Yeah. Because I knew as soon as I did that. I should not have done that. I should have voted for who I wanted, not for who my friends wanted me to vote for. Well, that happened to me with Bush because everybody, you know, big surprise. You you grow up on a military base around military people. It was Bush. Everybody was voting for Bush and it was Bush. How could I not vote for Bush? Like, I was like, I'm a Bush. I'm this a Bush. This is the first time I'm hearing this, people. I'm a Bush. You're a Bush. So I was like, okay. And then I remember sitting and seeing when Michael Dukakis was in the tank and had the helmet on and just Poppy with his head down and just shaking his head so disgusted where the light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, I see. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) They weren't as happy. Because I'm like, look, Bush won. We're a Bush. He's a Bush. And I was the only one. And then it all dawned on me. I see. So I guess that that takes us into the good reheatables. Good reheatables. Because I'll just go first with just one, just because it's a great segue. But my good reheatable is in that same election. It was 1988. We were in Germany. And it was after dinner. And I look over and both of my parents are sitting at the dining room table with pens in their hands. And I'm like guys, what are you doing? And you're like, we're voting. I don't say voting, but we're in Germany. It does, what? You can vote? And that's when the, the light bulb went off in my head that, yeah, like this is important. Even though we're not even in, the family wasn't even in the United States of America, my parents were taking the time to fill out this form to vote for in America. I was like, oh, this voting thing is the real deal. So, thanks. Thanks, guys. Well, my positive reheatable, that was very nice, was, is Stacey Abrams, secretary, whatever the fuck she wants to be secretary of. National treasure. 
Uh, yeah, I don't have any specific positives. We kind of talked about all the good. I wrote down the only thing when I was writing them. The only things I wrote down was Stacy's nineteen-year-old speech when she got to burn mm. a, when she, she got a burn to set the Georgia state flag on fire, fire and the women's march of nineteen thirteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My other good reheatables just off the dome. I like how she has always worn her hair natural. Always. I'm like, I'm like, wow, she always wore it natural. Um, next good reheatable. The movie that they were that they cut in that everybody was watching was a 1961 movie. So this was it was cut in like when the Selma Bridge, you know, to, to cut mm-hmm. in to see like, oh look, this is what's happening in America right now. It was a movie that came out in 1961, and that's why everybody was watching it because it had been within four years. So you you got to think like in those times, the, that movie was, this movie was on TV, and the movie that it happened to be was Judgment at Nuremberg. Yes. <laughs> and yes. you have to think of how crazy it is. Because we, have we haven't done that movie yet. We're going to do it eventually. Like, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure I'll pick it in 2021. But um, that you're watching this movie about this trial and the you know Nazi atrocities, and then it cuts to... Oh, look what's going on in America and how mm-hmm. that had to make people feel a certain way about it. Um, especially World War II veterans. Yeah, and especially because they were saying how everybody was watching it and that, and that was kind of a disconnect because here, you know, nobody's watching everything anymore. But Three channels. Had, there were three channels. You had three channels and a movie. If that, you were lucky. Yeah, and this was like a movie that had just come out, and think of how many people hadn't seen it. So mm-hmm. it was, and I'm sure it won the Academy Awards. Like it's a famous movie that I I haven't seen it, but I know about it. So that's interesting. My next oh, good reheatable is the power and the ability for people to change their minds about things. You would have, mm-hmm. I'm sure that when. Um, John F. Kennedy in 1960 Ma picked Lyndon Bates Johnson to be his running mate, a Democrat from the South, from Texas, that nobody would have been like, oh, this guy is going to pass the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act, and he's going to have a war on poverty and all of this stuff. And, you know, people are allowed to change. The same way with, like, Barack Obama, how he changed in his... Of you know, mm-hmm. gay marriage and stuff. Mm-hmm. People are allowed to. You're allowed to evolve and change, and your perspective is allowed to change. You can think one way about something, and new information get in and be like, "Oh, you know what? I've changed my mind on this." Right, right. That I think that's good. And my final reheatable, great reheatable. There was just a very snippet, and I thought that's hilarious, and I really loved it, and it tickled me. In a movie that did not have a bunch of ticklings. Gerald Ford's outside desk. Did you see it? When they cut to Gerald Ford, he was signing something, and his desk was just outside in the green grass. It was the, the 70s wooden <laughs> desk, and he had he all this stuff. Carried out his desk? It looked, like, it looked like he went and carried it out. It was very pro. Like It's a great reheatable because it's a 2020 reheatable. Of, it looked like he was socially distancing, practicing <laughs> presidency. <laughs> outside on this desk just in the middle of the the rose garden or something it was wild the rose garden pre melania's butcher job (laughs) 
Okay, uh, quotables. Boy, I have a lot. I just have okay. two, so I'll just go with mine too. Um, okay. Just right off the bat, and this is so true. Past is prologue. I love that. Because what happens in the mm-hmm. past, that's the prologue. And the second, it was regarding um, Bloody Sunday. They called it, it was ruthless, brutal, and criminal to see what they did to those protesters. Which I think the same could be said about seeing George Floyd murdered. It was ruthless, brutal, and criminal. Mm-hmm. Okay, TV. Um. Stacey Abrams, her parents, said yeah. having nothing isn't an excuse for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, James Baldwin, people are trapped in history and history is trapped in people. Yeah. Uh, I. It's all of us who must overcome our crippling legacy of bigotry, and we will overcome. Oh, Linda B. Johnson, when he said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, um, Andrew Johnson, Andrew Young said that's the only time he saw a tear in Martin Luther King's mm-hmm. eye. But yeah, because he ended it with We Shall Overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who said this, but <laughs> it just made me laugh. Barack Obama scared the bejeebers out of them. Yeah, I think it was um, the Anderson woman. Mm-hmm. Carol Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, I had that one. Uh, I'll save that one. Oh. Uh, when Stacey Abrams said, there's nothing more transformative in the Deep South than a black woman from poverty having opportunity. It hadn't been done before, so I thought I'd take advantage of the freedom to try things no one else tried. Yep. Man. Mm-hmm. Um, those are mine. I'm saving this one for my MVP, LVP. So, mm-hmm. okay. So I have America must look at itself again, and I have one. It might be the same one that the teeny has for LVP. So we are two LVP. Okay. You want me to go first? Sure. Um. My LVP is, big surprise, the fuck boys and fuck girls who wrap themselves in the flag and claim American patriotism, and yet they want to make it harder for people to vote. And mm-hmm. how about, and they, they put, there's that quote that goes around saying that, well, if we let everybody vote there would never be another republican person elected yeah i wonder why and i think that i think i don't think that that's true because america isn't as radical as as i am at all and it's very moderate but but come up with policies and, and maybe take out the racism but there was this quote that i sent i sent to you all and i sent it to my friends on election night because i was it was the quote that made me just prepare for anything. And that's it's from Isabel Wilkerson's book cast. Um, and it says, I'm quoting, yes, he said the predictions for 2042. 
people were angry when the projection when the projections came out because those are the projections saying that it, by 2042 that white people will be the minority. People right. said they wouldn't stand for being a minority in their own country. Now there are troops at the border, I said, and shootings of black and brown and Jewish people. Taylor nodded. He contemplated the meaning of that. So the real question would be, he said finally, if people were given the choice between democracy and whiteness, how many would choose whiteness? And that's the question. Mm-hmm. And we saw that almost half the country would choose whiteness in the last election. So really, though, if you're a Republican, it's time to kind of see the writing on the wall and choose platforms and stuff that speak to a massively diverse electorate. Like right. once you take out like not like once you treat every human being as a human being, then then we can focus on these nuances of economics and policies and what we mm-hmm. want. And you're not going to it's not going to be overwhelming Democratic. There's a lot of physical conservative people out and who want deficit yeah. control and who want less right. government like these aren't crazy ideas. But you got to take the hate and racism and not, I'm sorry, the caste system out of it. And you can get, you can be competitive and you can get votes. Like America is, there's a a very strong people who are, they're just in the middle. They just want these basic things. And what are the basic things? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, that's like when Stacey Abrams was talking about like the mistake that, so many politicians make is only speaking to the people who they know they already have their vote and the people that they know, like, you know, like I thought it was impressive when she was talking about like, she went to dragon con, whatever that is, mm-hmm. uh, like a music festival. Like mm-hmm. she went to all these different things. Cause she knew she needed to reach people that was not her audience. Exactly. Yeah. In quotations. My no, I had a lot of candidates for LVP. <laughs> uh, uh, first, I wrote Tent City Jail Joe. Oh, Jor Arpaio, oh. Maricopa. Oh, Maricopa. Yeah. He was just Maricopa County. He was mm-hmm. just terrible. Um, Alabama, just overall. I mean, uh, but, but, but we got the Tuskegee Airmen from there. I mean, but then there was also the Tuskegee experiment. So, oh, yeah, Alabama. <laughs> damn it, Alabama. <laughs> um, I ended up going with Shelby County versus Holder. Yes, that and is a great LVP. I more into that. Shelby County versus Holder took in the Voting Rights Act. There were specific jurisdictions under this that if these states and counties in order to change anything like in order for people to vote, they had to get federal approval to do this referred to as preclearance in order to pass any new election or voting laws. Um, and basically they went to court and this white man stood up there. I don't remember his name. And he was basically like this, this was the voting rights act was when, you know, all of these racist, things were happening like poll taxes and literacy tests and like racism's over. We don't need this anymore. It's like unfair that our certain counties have to do this. And 
Congress would, had to make the decision. And this was when yeah. Barack Obama was voted. Like, he, he had already yeah, been elected. And so that was one of the reasons that people would say, oh, look, we can't be racist right. anymore. We elected a black man as president. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Congress ended up voting in favor of this. And then uh, Ruth RBG was quoted as saying, throwing out preclearance when it has worked and is continuing to work to stop discriminatory changes is like throwing away an umbrella in the middle of a rainstorm because you weren't getting wet. And sure enough, as soon as this passed, all of these, every single state that was included in this started making new things, new ways of voter suppression. And this is when a bunch of like, I like voter ID laws came back into be into effect. Um, all kinds of things. And it so wasn't Crow 2.0. Yeah, and it wasn't an accident because Barack Obama got elected in 2008. Mm-hmm. And so then by 2012, he got reelected, but the the house and stuff had changed. The Congress the Senate mm-hmm. and stuff had changed because of the backlash of the whoa whoa whoa. Exactly. And so then it it went full to the Republicans and then oh, yep. We okay. Yeah, no problem. Let's get rid of it. And by that time, they had already appointed people onto the Supreme Court. So when it goes to the Supreme Court, it's right down based on the ideologies. And there, and Cobra Commander is smiling and like, hmm, look what we have done. <laughs> My LVP. Also, oh, I'm sorry. But also, the other thing to me is also crazy that states make up like that there's different rules about dick. Yes. Like that's yes. just crazy to me. Same thing with like the IDs. Why is it different in this state? And like, why are the voting laws so different depending on what state you live in? Because it's, the cast. Well, know? yeah, I know why, but like it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It should be uniform. Just but, how do right. we make, how do we make this the easiest possible way for the most possible people to vote? And if you if yeah. you are lucky enough to live in a state that that's the way that they're thinking is, there's a lot of things that you take for granted and you're just mm-hmm. like, wow, this is really easy and voting is super fantastic. I don't understand why more people don't do it. And then you look at, at the lines in Georgia and of just like what people have to go through just to be able to vote and you're like wow guys i feel really bad because it's Mm -hmm. it's really and then and then you look at why people move and who lives where and the Mm -hmm. migration of that and how then you go into like the electoral college and it how it truly benefits from people just getting fed up of just being like well I'm just going to I'm just going to move. I'm going to go to California. I'm going to go somewhere else. Not have to put up with this bullshit. And then the people who stay and then how that you look at like look at the states where the our election was decided. And how mm-hmm. many people I know so many people who have left those states. Ma, if you would like to to discuss Ohio in your LVPs. <laughs> um cuz that's where you're from, and it's it's always been a. I mean, look at where I'm from. We saw how that state ended. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, my LVP is, according to the Electoral Integrity Board, the United States election ranked last among Western democracies. Of it being a true democracy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because we're still going with the Electoral College. America. <laughs> and you know what, though? The reason that, that we're so hard on it is because we know that it's so much greater. Like, the potential and what it is, they wrote it down. They happen to not, like, the founding fathers happen to not walk the walk, but at least they wrote it down and they talk the talk. And it's just like, like, but, like, we didn't make this up. Like, you made it up. You set these ideas. You put yeah. these down in words that this is what this could be and that it could be for everyone. And... Like, that's what we want, because you gave us the idea that of this great, brilliant thing. Like, we didn't make it up. You said this. And that's what we want. We want it to be that way. And because it's not, that's why we're so hard on it. Um, MVP. I think, don't we all have the same? My MVP is just Stacey Abrams. It's my MVP from this documentary. Yeah, but mine is also, I just wanted to name a couple of other. Because, yes. Um, I think that, like, Stacey Abrams, the, one of the first things she did is take to her, like, in Twitter and everything and talk about all the other women, like, all the other Black women that yes. also were instrumental in this. Um, I apologize if I pronounce his name wrong, because we only heard one pronunciation and it might have not been from the best source, but in say UFO is the CEO of the new Georgia project, a nonpartisan effort to register and civically engage the rising electorate in Georgia. The NGP registered more than 50,000 Georgians to vote this year, according to the organization website, or to rise to the polls and other resources for voters. Helen Butler is the executive director of the Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda, an advocacy organization that has not only been active in election efforts, but also the coronavirus response, acting as a lead partner for the CDC flu vaccination campaign. Rebecca DeHart is the CEO of Fair Count, a nonprofit that has partnered with Hard to Count, with Hard to Count to get out both the count for the 2020 census as well as the vote. Deborah Scott is the executive director for Georgia Strategic Alliance for New Directions and, and Unified Policies, which advocates for equity and community economic development. And Tamika Adkins is the executive director of Pro Georgia, a nonpartisan voter engagement advocacy organization that was born out of a coalition of 12 organizations in 2012 that has now increased to 30. So I think like We've all seen a bunch of stuff about Stacey Abrams and like she's incredible, but there's also a bunch of other like black women in Georgia that and I mean across the country, but I also think I hope I mean I think that she's going to inspire like all these women are going to inspire other people and I think like states like North Carolina, Texas, like if you see the same thing happen for the next election, I think that they could also be. Mm -hmm. because it works they they put they they have done the groundwork and put in the the sweat the blood sweat and tears of really making a change at the ground level and 
once this whole pandemic, like, and they did this in a pandemic year where they couldn't go door to door. Yeah, they were like going to coronavirus testing sites and to like the George Floyd protests and helping people register to vote there. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it's coming up with ways to keep people engaged and like they were kind of like ordering pizza and like having music and stuff like that at places where they knew that the lines were going to be long so that they could like help keep, keep people engaged at the polls and like not leave because of the long lines. Mm-hmm. Because, and it's, it's important because they're voting on a state level, like your local government, that's who makes the changes that can affect the laws that govern them. So you know, we always look at it in the big picture of the presidential election, but the work that they have done in Georgia, has it, has it been, it, no, they're doing a recount, right? It hasn't mm-hmm. been certified mm-hmm. yet, but just like the being on the cusp of probably turning that state to blue. I know Virginia going blue and going blue yeah. early, um, North Carolina, like all of those things. Um, well, North Carolina did not, but no, but it, but it was close. They wasn't oh, called yeah. on election yeah, night. It took a long time. Um, and well, Tamika Atkins, there's a quote from her then from 2018. And she said the voting landscape in Georgia has been changed forever. Women have seized an outsized share of the electorate and more and more women of color are participating in our democracy. Regardless of the outcomes, this is a win for Georgia and for America. Correct. Mm-hmm. I have another MVP. Oh, okay. The voter protection hotline. Oh, yes. Um, because that's, you know, like if you were, are like a Stacey Abrams, you get to the polls, you they're saying you can't vote, you don't have the right whatever, call the voter protection hotline. They'll tell you what to do so that your vote can be cast. And that's that's on if you're, you know, if you're a uh, if you're out there and you're marching for the other guy, that's for you, too. I want, you I want, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. I want your vote to be counted. You're allowed to vote. You are a citizen. You've exercised that right. And if you find some sort of fraud, report it. Haven't really heard about the the fraud claims, you know, that that they had in Georgia and stuff. But hey, like, I'm just saying, like, it will be investigated. Yeah, go ahead and investigate it. Because you're lost. (laughs) Bye bye. Okay. Wait, wait, I just want to say, you know, look, you're allowed. I'm all for it. It's America. You disagree. You're allowed to take to the streets and protest. But what does it feel like to protest and know that your leader like goes by and then it's like, all right, guys, I'm going to golf. Like, can you imagine John Lewis or Martin Luther King on the Edmund Pettus Bridge? Like, all right, guys, voter rights registration. Okay, see ya. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to golf. Martin, they won't allow you to golf. Oh, I built my own golf course where I'm allowed to, to golf. See ya. I'll see you guys later. Like, mm-hmm. not, not even... Like, can you imagine Martin Luther King? Like, he he's not out there like seeing We Shall Overcome. Where is he? He's golfing. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's your leader. Not only is he golfing, but his country club is making money on the golf carts the Secret Service men have to pay for in order to keep his protection. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, you're you're getting like beat up. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I got beat up and I got beat up and my leader was out golfing, I would feel a kind of way. Well, there's that. Okay. Well, we are to recasting. I didn't do one because it was a documentary, but evidently Aaron did. All right. I have the biopic. So the biopic is going to be produced by Ava DuVernay. It is going to be directed by Kerry Washington. Oh, I don't know if you guys realize, but Kerry Washington is putting together quite a director's reel. She's directed episodes of um, what's the show? Insecure. And I think she's also done. Uh, she did episodes of Scandal. Like her name will just pop up on random shows. I'm like, Carrie Washington. So she's directing the biopic. Um, this star of to play Stacey Abrams. I was like, man, that's that's a tough that's a tough role. Mm-hmm. It'd be coveted. But I wanted to give it to an actress that I just I just love their what they bring to things, and I don't think that they get enough roles. And so I'm going with Gabare Sidibe. I knew that's who you were going with. I just think like she she's just yeah. just fantastic and just effervescent, and I think that she she could just do a lot with the with the role. Yeah, I agree. Um, as the campaign manager, as Stacey Abrams' campaign manager, Lauren Grow Wargo. Um, I cast Brie. Oh, I, I loved her. Yeah, she got. She was so mad, and she's still mad. Yeah. I cast Brie Larson as her. Ooh, I thought that would be good. And then, um, uh, as uh, the newest, the newest member of the Fuckboy uh, Club. Uh, I didn't Brian even write. Kemp? I I didn't even know it was Brian. I put the Kemp guy. <laughs> um, yeah. It's sad because I really like this actor and this is why I give him the role because sometimes you got to give it's it's a Walton Goggins type situation where it's just like uh-huh. this is a role. But you know what? I think that you could really tap into the fuckboyness of it and really do great work with it. I went with Gary Cole. Oh, yeah. Gary Cole. Office space and yeah. the good fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then as his daughter, because Brian Kemp, I don't know if you guys noticed, and we're <laughs> super annoyed by <laughs> Brian Kemp's daughter. And you know what? It's Mini hard. Ivanka. It's, it's hard because I don't know her personally. I'm not out here on the social media slandering the, the poor girl or whatever. But I was just like, you know what? Allison Pill should play her because it's just. Oh, yeah. Just, there, there you go. I there mean, she, she's oh. the one out there. Whatever. She put herself out there. It can't be easy that that's your dad. You know, like some yeah. people, you got to play the hand you were dealt, I guess. And Okay, I'm going to go with Teeny also did not do a recasting. Did not. And so we're to Tasty Nuggets. So I looked up, you know, trivia and they said it's too, it's too new to have trivia. I just yeah, have, I don't really have any tasty nuggets. I have two tasty nuggets. One is like a oh, it's it's a it's like a more of an upper, and the other one is a kind of a bummer. So which do you want to hear first? Let's do the bummer first. All right, the bummer first is that this is going on now. Have you guys heard about 
what the Florida governor has proposed, his anti-mob legislation, which basically would expand Florida's stand-your-ground law (gasps) to allow armed people to protect property by shooting looters, rioters, or anyone else displaying nefarious intentions against businesses and other properties. Oh, my God. I mean, what could go wrong? Stand your ground, killed Trayvon Martin. Yes, so for abs for Skittles. So basically, this law is saying that if you own a gun in Florida and you see people rioting, and we know how that term gets used, right? Um, and acting nefarious, that you're allowed to like shoot them. You're allowed to run them oh over with your car. God. So this is why, and that's Florida which was a state where once you were convicted of felons, of a felony, not allowed to revote, and they're working hard. And even up until election day, that was still go- that was still an ongoing mm-hmm. court case. And, and they said, oh, well, but you have to pay restitution. So you were, if you were a convicted felon and you served your time, it was, okay, you can vote. But it's like, oh, wait, you have to pay restitution. And what is restitution? That's when, like, if you get convicted of stuff, then you have to pay the court cost associated with that. Oh, and, and who has the money for yeah, that? Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of people who they come out and they're like, well, I owe $3,000 in restitution. So it basically always comes back to the poll tax. Poll tax. And so then you weren't allowed to vote. And there were a lot of people who were very energized thinking that they could vote. And then it was looked upon of like, oh. So there are places where you can donate money. I know like before where you could donate money and they would pay for. um, Oh, okay. You know, to to like pay. Like, all right, well, this is pay. A lot of people... A lot of rich people like donated money to there so that they could pay for people so that their restitution was marked clean and they could be allowed to vote. But that's like that. That's really fucked up. And that's something that is going on right now. Being just another caste system because, oh, there's five black people. What are oh They they look nefarious. Let's run them over. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and we're allowed to. Okay, on the happy note. Did you know that Stacey Abrams has written, she's an award-winning author, and she is written under a pen name, Selena Montgomery, which I think is hilarious because it's very close to Selma (laughs) and Montgomery. And so her pen name is Selena Montgomery, and she's an award-winning author of several romantic suspense novels. Um, the most, like she started them when she was, I think in law school at Yale. And then the most recent was in 2009. So this isn't something that she's, she's got more pressing issues now, but she could just do everything. Wow. Outstanding. Well, thank you, Christine, for this pick. That was a great pick. It was a great pick, timely and, um, I felt good about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Aaron, I believe it's on you. All right. So we are making that turn into the holiday season. Yes. So I went, I've never heard about this movie. What world? It stars Robert Mitchum. Never and... And, well, we did Robert Mitchum in what was the movie? Evil. Well, 
we did Cape um, Fear. We did Cape Fear. And he was also in that other movie where he was a real bad guy. Yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah, I forget it too. Um, and Janet Lee is in it. Oh. From uh, Psycho. From Psycho. It's 1949. It's called Holiday Affair. Mm. Oh, this sounds good. It, I don't know if it's good. It's for rent on iTunes. It's available for rent on iTunes. And I just thought, why don't we, why don't we just kick in the holiday spirit with a, an yeah. old timey holiday film? It's still too oh. soon for White Christmas for me to make the pick. I know. But well, who knows what holiday affair has in store for us? <laughs> hopefully no blackface. Hopefully. But it's, it's 1949, so. All right. Okay. Uh, next week, holiday affair. Sorry, we had a little interruption. Um, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you tell your friends to watch, um, watch it, and vote. Did, and vote, you vote. know what? We did the presidential election, but any time that they, there are other elections that are equally, if not more, important because those are elections, school board members, all of those things, judges. And they happen. And when you get the info, it sucks because you're like, I don't want to go. Like, again, I got to go vote. But yes, you have to go vote. Yes. You have to do your research and you have to go vote because this thing, this matters. And it matters. And if not, just do it. Like, sometimes I just do out of sheer spite. I just do it because I know they don't want me to and they're counting because on me not to. Yeah. So then my spite just The harder just they try in. to suppress your vote, the more, the more I'm like, you well, need to vote. look what you sons of bitches made me do. <laughs> okay, listeners. There you go. Bye-bye.